so many blessings. Have our prayer for this evening, and then we'll take the teaching for tonight. So, Lord, we bless and we honor you for a time like this given to us together, all because of you and your word. Father, I pray that, O oh Lord, you will grant the utterance, and let me speak nothing but your word, because we came here all because of your word. And take your glory, O Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight, the topic that we have is the necessity of the birth of Christ. The necessity of the birth of Christ. I believe in the moment, like this virtually all over the world, Cities and towns are flooded, shops, you name it. Then you ask yourself, with all of these movements, what does it mean to people? Are we happy because we want to mark the birth? Of Christ, and that because Christ came and took away sin, we are worshiping because we can say that we are not living in sin. Are we marking the season because Christ came? You and I, today we have been filled with the fullness of God. Are we happy that today we and I will walk? That is why we are celebrating. If it is none of these and many more, but all we know is that an opportunity has come to get a new clothes. An opportunity has come to just spend and spend. If that is all that we are doing and why the streets are full, then I believe we have a serious matter on our hands. If that's all the reason why Xmas, Christmas is coming. And all the movements all over the world is not the very reason why Christ was born. If the very reason why Christ was born is lost on us, then we have missed it. Because the best of certain people in the calendar of God is not ordinary. The reason why certain people are born on a certain date, on a certain period, in the calendar of God, if we really understand, we will not take certain things for granted. It will make us then on a season like this, then I can look at my life and say that since I surrendered my life to Christ, I can say that with every person of Christmas, I have drawn closer to the Lord. If that is missing, like our sister, elder Irene said, it is not about the festivity. If that essential ingredient is missing, then we have missed out. Because the best of the great people that the Lord 
himself brings to this earth, they are for a reason. And never miss out understanding why such people were born on this earth. They were for a purpose. And we can trace back to the time of even Moses. Then we'll look at our Lord Jesus Christ. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 13 to 14. Genesis chapter 15, verse 13 to 14. And here, that is God's plan. And he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterward, they shall come out with great substance. And let's stay on that verse 14. And afterward, they shall come out with a great substance. The emphasis is that afterward, they shall come out. And for this scripture to be fulfilled, a certain child called Moses must be born. So in Exodus chapter 2, Exodus chapter 2, and again, and he said, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. Again, it was not coincidental. God had a plan that this man from the house of Levi would take no other woman but the woman from the tribe of Levi. Because a certain agenda of God must be fulfilled. So in the verse 2, and the woman conceived. And when is the purpose of God? That woman will conceive. And he will bear a son. And when she saw him, that he was of a godly child, she hid him there three months. In fact, some versions say that that child was an unusual child. Because there was a necessity for a certain birth to be given. So that was how come Moses, an unusual beautiful baby, was born to that man and that woman who were from a certain tribe. And it is that same circumstance that today, before we get to the birth of Christ, I would want us to trace back and see that God's agenda is what we should focus on. It is not the chicken pieces that some have been frozen for months that we should be running after. So in Exodus chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come. God knew 400 years before this date that certain children will cry. And he had made provision for that child to be born. And I have also seen the oppression where the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth 
my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Amen. In God's agenda, these children must come out of that situation. They were in Egypt. They were crying. They were in bondage. They were in oppression. And God knew that at that time, the time had come for them to be released out of bondage. The time had come for them to be transported from that life into a new life. But unfortunately, those people of Israel didn't see this great move of God while Moses was born. So as they journeyed, water, bread became their distraction. Water, in Exodus chapter 16 verse 3, Exodus 16 verse 3, And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the God in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. When in God's agenda, people are being transported from one life to another situation, when we are being delivered from bondage and set free, people were looking at where they sat, where there was a flesh of pots of meat. That is what men's hearts and desires had gone to. For you have brought us out forth into this wilderness to kill us whole assembly with hunger. And that is what happens when people don't know the agenda of God. That is why in a season like this, I believe now these days, gone with the days that we ate chicken only in Xmas. Today chicken has become virtually a common meal. But still people are running after it in a season like this. I'm sure there are some people who are fighting with their seamstresses and tailors. That is, and some women are the truth of their husbands. You know, because they are sitting by that pot of flesh. Not knowing that there was an agenda that God is transporting us. God is relocating us. There is a transposition. But when we miss out on the transportation, we'll be, we'll be fighting over petty things. Fighting over cancuba. Fighting over flesh. Fighting over chickens and things like that. But I'm praying that in the nights like this, as we look at the necessity of the birth of Christ, go back and look at the necessity when Moses was also born. He was born to deliver people from bondage. We are born, we were born to be delivered from sin. We were born to be delivered into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot miss out on such an agenda. As we sang, if we need to worship God all day without even listening to anything, that alone is enough. 
Because what Christ has done for us, we cannot pay back. What Christ has done for us, delivered us from darkness, brought us in the kingdom of light. But we, we don't seem to know why Christ was born. So we keep on murmuring. We keep on complaining. Some of us have even sold our birthrights because we don't know why Christ was born. But tonight, if for nothing at all, begin to sit down and look at yourself. Why was Christ born? Marking this season, if you don't have a new clothes, don't worry. When you come to church, nobody asks you when you do so, the shirt that you are wearing. It doesn't matter at all. What matters is that you too, you have received an understanding that the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ was meant to save us from sin. And if today, as I stand here, I can say that I gave my life to Christ and today, sin has no dominion over my life then I have every reason to give thanks to the Almighty God. If that has not happened, and I am still living in sin, then it gives cause to worry. Otherwise, if we and the unbelievers are all around the Mokala market at this time, then we are to be pitied. Mokala market should not be full at this time. If only they are the unbelievers who don't know where they are going, we can allow them, unless you are going to the evangelism, then may the Lord be with you. But if that is not the reason why you are there, and you are there, somebody has stepped on your toes, and even that your anger has come, it means that even your sin, your emotions, has still not been there too, and there's a lot of work to be done. So, the birth of Christ, what does it mean to you and I? What does the birth of Christ mean to you and I? Like I said, some of us have even sold our birthright under the new covenant to the things of this world. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 8, there are many people who today, in the desire to be great, in the desire to be known, in the desire for their names to be everywhere in the world, in Matthew chapter 4 verse 8, and again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Verse 9. And saith unto him, All these things will I give to thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Today there are people who have sold their souls to the devil. Because they want to be known. But that is not why Christ came. People want to be known. Even ministers. There are some who want to be known. And because of that, have sold their souls to Christ. But that is not the reason why Christ came. Christ came that sin will come to an end. A new kingdom has been ushered into our lives. We should be asking ourselves, are we in this kingdom? But what has happened? 
Because people have sold their souls to the devil. The blood provision, the cross provision, has been taken for granted. But after I prayed tonight, that prophecy that came out of the mouth of Zacharias in Luke chapter 1, verse 68. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, 68 to verse 79. It says, Blessed be the God, the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. That is what we should be looking at. That God has visited you and I. And he came to redeem us. If we miss that, if we miss the visitation of God as, as we look at the birth of Christ, then we have missed it. In the verse 69, And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Be worried about our salvation. When we say that we should be working out our salvation with fear and trembling, in a season like this, you ask yourself, how am I doing? Am I seriously working on my salvation with fear and trembling? But if we are not careful, it is a season like this that many people fall. Because we lose our guard because it is Christmas. But this is the season to be more careful about our lives. The next verse, I think, will take 70. Again, it is not an ordinary matter. Because this birth didn't just come just like that. It came out of even the mouth of his prophets. Which, since the world began, this birth of Christ has been prophesied. And that should tell you and I that it is not an ordinary birth. For which to be taken for granted. Prophets have spoken. They spoke and they spoke about this birth. So you and I should find out why did the prophets speak and why the birth at this time? That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. To perform the mercy. Promises of our fathers and remember his holy covenant. These are the key things we should be looking at. Verse 73. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him. We might serve him without fear. Are we serving God without fear? And look at this verse. We, ask, we should be serving God in holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. As we look at the birth of Christ, the necessity of the birth, are we serving God in fear? Are we serving Him in holiness? Are we serving Him in righteousness? If we are not doing any of this, and I'm saying all the fanfare, they are all misplaced. If we are having all this fanfare, because by God's grace, we too we have been truly been delivered, and we can say that as I stand here, sin has
has no dominion over me. Then in fact, I need a brass band to come before me as we enter the premises. Because then we have reason to celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ. But if we are missing on that, then I think we should be mourning. Then our priorities have been misplaced. Because we cannot be making fanfare when the life of Christ is far away from our lives. What is the reason for the fanfare? What is the reason for the jubilation when the life of Christ is not in us in a season like this? Brethren, Christ came for a reason. His birth was announced for a reason. His birth came at a time like this. So as we mark the season like this, for me, I believe it is nothing but a time for stock taking. It is a time for stock taking. It is a time to sit. It is a time, and this personal, this stock taking, as we heard a few weeks ago, is a personal revival. It is not a stock taking where we are taking stocks in the store of a company because the year has come to an end. It's an individual stock taking and to assess my standing in this faith. It is an individual moment. Because if Christ came and died for me, if Christ came to take away sin from this world, then as you and I sit here, especially in a temple like this, we should not be talking about sin. We should be saying that at this moment, sin is nowhere near our door. Because we would have grown in the things of Christ that our lives are such that indeed we hate sin. But if we are numbered among the stock who compromise on the word of God, and we gloss over sin, then this season, as we look at the birth of Christ, then you and I should say that, brethren, we have a long way to go. And it is rather a time for me to shut myself in my room and say that, Lord, have mercy on me. The Lord should have mercy on me because this is the time to find out whether indeed I am growing. This is the time to find out whether the reason why Christ was born it has made any meaning in my life. If it is none of this, then it is the time for mourning. Because all the provision has been made. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, we'll take from verse 5, seven where that quickening experience he says even when we were dead in sins have he quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved there has been that quickening spirit 
there has been a quickening spirit. If with this provision of the quickening spirit, it hasn't touched me, it hasn't touched us, that quickening spirit that together that touched Christ, and Christ even resurrected, if it hasn't touched us, and there is nothing more going to come, that provision has come. And if it hasn't come, then it is a time for you and I to be worried. Hallelujah. And the verse 6 says, And have raised us up. Christ has been raised up. And where we are sitting should be jealously guarded. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ. Again, that should make us you know, be happy that Christ came. In the verse 7, that in the ages to come, he must show the exceeding riches of his grace and this kindness towards us through Christ. Beloved, as we look at the birth of Christ, for me, these are just some of the few things we should believe. Because if he hadn't come, this quickening spirit would have been missed on us. But because of the birth of Christ, today, you and I, through his death, have a quickening spirit. Hallelujah. So if this quickening spirit hasn't done anything to my life, I should be crying for mercy. I should be crying for the mercy of God for something to happen to my life. Hallelujah. Then in Colossians chapter 2 verse 11, in Colossians chapter 2 verse 11, You know, we cannot on our own sometimes struggle with the last of this world. But when Christ comes in, He changes the equation for all of us. He says, In whom also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. In putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. When the circumcision of Christ comes in, all those fleshly desires are taken away. They are taken away. And if they are taken away, the Christmas that we are celebrating, it is not about any lust of the flesh. Because for me, a certain circumcision has been taken away. And because it has been taken away, certain desires are no more there. But for many people, because that circumcision has not taken place, there is a certain desire, a certain affection, a certain hunger for certain things of the flesh. We should rather at a season like this be crying to the Lord for that circumcision of Christ should be done for me. That is what I believe we need. And it will happen for people who see the invisible God. If that doesn't happen, brethren, we are in trouble. May the Lord help us to really focus our minds on why Christ was born. Why did Christ come into this world? 
Why Christ was born was not for us to just celebrate. God has an agenda. God has a bigger plan for us. God is looking at, in fact, even when they deliver the people from Egypt to the promised land, it's because he wanted them to come there so that they would serve him and worship him. He didn't just want them to get out of Egypt and get into the promised land. He wanted to have fellowship with them. In the same way for us, the birth of Christ, which will ultimately will be celebrating next year in April, which will lead to his death and resurrection, is to reconcile us to God so that we will have that fellowship with God. And these are the things that we should be focusing our minds on. Christ must be born. And to go through that painful death so that it draws us closer to God. Beloved, have you been drawn closer to God? Can you say that over the years, as we celebrate Christmas over Christmas, and even into uh, Easter, to what extent has it drawn us to Christ? If all of these events are not drawing us closer to Christ, to the Almighty God, then we are missing the essential reason for which Christ was born. There was a reason why Christ was born. Because God wanted to terminate all the activities of the everyone and to bring us back to himself. For man to be reconciled to God. These are the essential reasons for God. In God's master plan, therefore, he is looking at we coming to him. If all of these things are not bringing us to God, all of these things are not drawing our hearts to God, then I can see God sitting up there and saying that these people are missing the mark. But none of us should make this mark. We should know the reason why we are here. There is a reason. So in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, in Hebrews 12, verse 1, there is just a phrase in that verse. I'll read about just the phrase that I'll focus on. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. But I'm interested in this portion. And the sin which doth so easily beset us. If there is a certain sin that so easily beset us, that is why we should sit and shut ourselves in our room and say, Father, you were born for a reason to take sin from this world. But I find myself in the situation there is a particular sin that keeps on coming after me. Lord, help me to be delivered. That is what we need. That is what we need. Because in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28 In Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28 So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Christ has been offered for the sins of many. Christ is not going to come again to offer his life again. That has been dealt with. He is coming and unto them that look for him shall he appear 
the second time without sin. So at this time, Christ has been offered for sin. The second time that is coming are for them who have been worried about the sin that they find themselves in. And they have done everything for the Lord to help them to deal with it. And so such people are looking for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are looking for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because at that time, you and I should be dealing with the sin that easily beset us. We should have dealt with it. And brethren, even as we look at this scripture, time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. We cannot say that tomorrow. Time is of the essence. Because this issue of salvation, nobody knows when it will happen. But what you and I should be doing is that we should be ever ready. Ever ready where we would have dealt with the sins that easily beset us Knowing that those sins, Christ has dealt with them. And that is the issue of salvation. Hallelujah. The second point, why we should be looking at the birth of Christ is that He is concerned that we should be conforming to His image. So again, at a time like this, have I been conformed to the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. If I have not been conformed, my life has not been conformed to the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 8 verse 29. If that has not happened yet, and my life is still full of myself, if I am still full of myself, full of traditions, full of my own deceit, full of the things of this world, then I am not there yet. And I have a lot of work to do. I should therefore be crying that, Lord, as you came, as I marked the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, I want, my, I want to see a transformation in my life to the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So in 1 John chapter 4 verse 17 1 John chapter 4 verse 17 Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world. Today 22nd of December I shall stand here as you sit there if I can boldly say that as Christ is, so I am in this world. Then I have every reason to celebrate Christmas this season with all the fanfare. If that is not the case, then it is the moment to have that sober reflection that all these days of this birth, which Christ, God the Father, programmed 
prepared, prepared a special young woman who hadn't known man, prepared that womb for that Holy Spirit to receive that seed, specially made seed for Christ to be born. If I still stand here and there is nothing of Christ in me, that is what should worry me. So in First John chapter 3, verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him. That is why he has been given to us. I can see the sunshine band coming around on Christmas Day. Giving us all the chorus. We as adults as we sit. And the sunshine band will be speaking, singing. I need to be asking myself. What does it mean to my life? Where is Christ in my life? Because as he is. Can I see that in my life? So in First John chapter 3 verse 2. Beloved. We shall be like him. Have I been like him? Have you been like him? As you make your own personal notes, then you begin to find out where am I falling short. Where I am falling short, may the Lord keep my attention for me to go there. So that a year by now, because I'm sure if Christ doesn't come, we will celebrate Christmas again. But we need to be pressing forward. And said, in 2021, there was this issue that bothered me. But in 2022, a year on, as I look back, I can say that, Lord, with all confidence and by your grace, I have taken a certain step. Today, I can say that, thanks be to God. God has changed my destiny. Hallelujah. Because that was the essence why Christ was born. For lives to be transformed. Lives to be transformed. And in the same first John, maybe let's look at first John chapter 2 verse 29 or 28. You may ask yourself, what are some of the things about Christ? Maybe let's look at the verse 29. If ye know that he is righteous, if ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that does righteousness is born of him. If just in case we are even struggling, what are some of the things of Christ? We are saying that for nothing at all. In him, there is righteousness. I need to ask myself, is there righteousness in me? If it is not it is something I should be looking at that in a year by now, I should have moved a step forward. Where me too, I can see that, Lord, as I follow your footsteps, I can see certain righteousness in me. Or the love of God. Do we want to see, I can let's still look at the verse 28 or so, maybe 28 or 27 years. 
that the scripture that which talks about even the love of God. If we are not even when we look at generally the love of God, the righteousness of God, hating iniquity, all those things are the things of God that yeah, I think that there's one. Behold, what manner of life, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Even us. You know, to sit and ask myself, he says, what manner of love has the Father bestowed on you and I? Who didn't qualify? What manner of life? And as I also want the life of Christ to be seen in my life, let somebody else also look at you and I and say that brother Kenel I what manner of life have you shown towards me then I know that I'm growing in Christ this morning I was at home when there was one secret man who some 20 years ago one of the snake stuff and when he drove he came in a black Yaris I said, oh, I used to call him Red. I said, oh, Master. Because in 2010, when I had the opportunity to be general manager administration, I said, we need to show love to whether the person, the security man, a clerk, a middle level manager, or a top manager, there should be equality. Let everybody have a bite of the cake. And today, when he drove in his car, security man, or no, so as soon as so, was master on Shisha, you know. And I, I got excited at what manner of love that when I got the opportunity, he too, have a son so. That is what God has done for us. What manner of love that cannot brother I, that somebody should look at you and say that because of your love, me too. I am counted among men. And when I saw him, he said, Minsu, Mitikam. And I'm not bothered that I'm sitting in the Yaris or sitting in the Yaris. That is not what bothers me. But Onosu Yenipa. Onosu Oyenipa. Because that is what God wants us to do. That is the meaning of what manner of love. Because you and I, we didn't deserve. We didn't deserve to be where we are for Christ to be this whole Christ to be born of a young woman called Mary. But because of love of God towards us, Christ must be born for you and I. But we cannot extend that love to another brother or sister. What manner of love? If we want to have that life of Christ in us. These are the little things. And we should not despise anybody because you don't know who. I mean, as I sat and reflected on Rahab, whoever would have thought that a harlot is the one who those spies a harlot in. The people didn't get any in on the surface of Jericho to go to. People who have been sent by the people of God didn't get any in 
to go and sleep that night. But the inn belonging to a harlot. That is God at work. And he took a harlot who knew the fear of God because of that encounter to save his entire family. Who will think of a harlot to bring his people to Christ? That is how we need to fear God. That is how we need to fear God. You don't know who will bring you to Christ. We don't know. But that's what manner of love. Hallelujah. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 to 24. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 to 24. Brethren, we should know where we have come to. Because of the birth of Christ, we should know who we are. That is what Christ has done for us. And these are the important things that God wants us to look at. It's not a fanfare. But we have come unto Mount Zion. He didn't say that maybe. He said we have come. We are already here. We have come to Mount Zion. On the city. Unto the city of the living God. And the heavenly Jerusalem. Unto the innumerable company of angels. Already here we have angels. You understand? They are here. They are our companions. If you want them to visit, they will come. If you want to welcome them, they will come. Because the scripture says that they are here with us. If only we will create the atmosphere in our homes, in the church, on the streets, wherever. Those, he says, they are innumerable. We can't even count them. If we have created the environment around us, we will encounter them. They will be around us because the provision has been made. The hymns and the sounds in our homes, the environment in our homes, how sanctified we have made our homes, the angels will come. Maybe that is why those people who don't clean your kitchen before you sleep. It's an invitation for demons. They feed on rotten things. That is the reality. The demons must eat. Angels who must visit us. But as you feel lazy and you leave your kitchen unclean, you have turned your kitchen into a restaurant for demons. And they will be feeding. Amen. So, those angels are already with us. If only we welcome them. Verse 23. To the general assembly. You know, we belong to the general assembly. And to the church of the firstborn. Brethren, when we understand this scripture. Also, we know that when we understand this scripture. Our temple is too small for us. Our temple and all the branches will be too small for us. Because where we are now. We have come to the church of the firstborn. And there, that is where, because of Christ, we have come to. And there, the protocols that we need, let's look at Ezekiel chapter 43 verse 12. We are standing with the people in the first, the church of the firstborn of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm saying, there is more room for all of us. 
But in Ezekiel chapter 43 verse 12, the protocols for the first, those who belong to the church of the firstborn of our Lord Jesus Christ says, this is the law of the house. Upon the top of the mount of the whole limit, thereof round about shall be, shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law of the house. The law of the house of the church of the house of that firstborn of our Lord Jesus Christ is what? Is holiness. And Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. But upon my that's if you believe that you have come to Mount Zion. But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance. And there shall be what? Holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Brethren, God has a bigger agenda for us by giving us our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a reason why Christ was born. He wasn't born just so that it's the time to eat and just drink. In fact, I'll tell you, I think I've said it before. When we were in Snit, the day they record their highest number of patients at the trust of December 26th. Because people have eaten and drank and misbehaved. So the next day, they have to go to the hospital. But that was not the purpose of God. That you eat and drink your head off and go to hospital because you couldn't even find your way to home. It is the time to think about the reason why Christ was born. Christ came to deliver us from sin. Christ came that will pursue holiness, that will pursue righteousness. If we are not there yet, it's an opportunity for us to know that another time has come. There is another time for the season of Christ. But I'm going to say that on this season, Lord, I stand here. All I want to do is that I want to draw closer to God. I see some beauty in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. I see that all about Christ is altogether loveliness. I see all around you is peace and love. I see that all around you is love for the people around you. And Father, this life is the life I want to see in my life. If I can see this in my life, then I will know that as I celebrate Christmas after Christmas, I can see the necessity of why you came. You came to transport me from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And this is why you came. You came at a time 
that what you have clothed me with, I am more than. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10, what Christ has clothed that with is more than what your seamstress can provide for you. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10, it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of, of salvation. He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. And he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. And as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. If I'm not able to sew any new cloth, what I know is that Christ has given me a garment of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness and ornaments, jewels that the Lord Jesus Christ has adorned me. And I know some of you like love learning, but as the learning of the Almighty God in Revelation chapter 19, verse 8. I know sometimes they talk about. Uh, this type, one, three star, four star of this, five star of this. But in Revelations chapter 19, verse 8, those of us who want a certain taste, verse 8, Revelations 19, verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in the fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen. Is the righteousness of the saints. I don't know what kind of learning you are looking for this Christmas. But what I know is that the fine learning is the righteousness of the saints. Brethren, as we have reflected on the necessity for the birth of Christ, my simple message to all of us is that it's not just about marking the season, but how my understanding, how my perception feeds into God's agenda. Do I have the mind of God as to why Christ came? This is what should bother me. Have I been delivered truly from sin? Has my life been conformed to the image of Christ? Am I really belonging to the church of the firstborn of our Lord Jesus Christ? Do I belong to that general assembly? Do I have a place to stand as we address these issues? Then year after year, I'd like to remind and remind myself that, Lord, I see myself growing. And I pray for all of us, that that agenda of our Lord Jesus Christ, that agenda of God, for the reason why He sent us Christ, may it be a scripture or a plan of God that will be fulfilled in our lives. He didn't send Christ to come for goods, chicken, 
I'm sure there are some ghosts hanging in people's homes. They don't know what is going to happen. They can be killed between now and Saturday or Sunday. But there's a different blood that Christ died. That is provision he has made. May that be done on us. And know that Christ was born for a reason. May this reason be so strong in our hearts. So strong forever and ever. Until Christ comes or he calls us. May the Lord be with us all. Amen.